ברוכים הבאים בשם השם. ברכנוכם בבית השם. אני מתכוון Welcome back home to all those that journeyed this past week. Glad to see you safely arrived. This Shabbos is Chai El. Today is Tezvav El. Shabbos is Pashki Sovay and different slightly than the variations of the Jewish calendar. A slight variation. A slight variation. It's not Shabbos Slichis, which is usually in the Tzavim Vayelach anyway. It's Pasha Kisovei. Maybe that will help. Pasha Kisovei, as we know, has the Teichacha, They spoiled you in New York. <laughs> the Teichachah, the 98 curses, or as the Rebbe would refer to them, as the opposite of blessings. Why, obviously, the change of the name? If it's a curse, it's a curse. Why call it the opposite of a blessing? Obviously, the connotation of the word curse is a much more severe connotation. Therefore, <laughs> I'm going to compete with Gutnik here, yeah? the Rabbi Chaim Miller, my neighbor. However, the word bracha always means a blessing. Since bracha always means a blessing, even if we use the adjective heiplacha bracha, the opposite of the bracha, we are still phrasing the word, we're still using the word bracha in the phrase. Even a bracha though, a blessing, <clears throat> we need to know how to utilize it. 
how to bring it to materialization, to fruition. Oftentimes, a Jew blesses a fellow Jew. And we don't actually see where that blessing was meant to be. Ironically, that Parsha Kisave, which is a, bra- a Parsha so full of the opposites of blessings, Heipach Lebracha, should come out on an auspicious day like Chayel, the 18th day of El, the birth date of the two Meireis Hagdelim, the Altareb and the Balshemtev. Their birth date both on this date. And references were made to this years and years before. Nothing is coincidental when it comes to Judaism. In the world of Torah, nothing is a coincidence. Whether a person should leave their wallet and their backpack in a bagel store and coincidentally go back to get it and find it in one piece, fully intact, with everything inside it, whether a person be crossing a certain street at a certain time and meet a certain person, nothing is coincidental. If a person goes into a parking lot with a, with a voucher and they refuse to accept it and they rip them off at the end of the day, maybe they should send them a, a letter from work telling them that we'd like to visit you since you are such nice people in business. We don't work in the Better Business Bureau, but we do work in other businesses that if we visit you, you won't be happy. He said is that <coughs> Is that the way of the world? Unfortunately, if that stays the way of the world, man would eat man. And since we want to avoid, there it is. <laughs> Intact, yes, okay. <laughs> I'm getting, am I, is that my official visit from the IRS? <laughs> Aye, what are you going to get? You'll get some svarim out of here, what are you going to get? Found out finally it's not only a backdrop, it's real bookcases. After months and months of staring at them. <laughs> the Altarebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe was the Balkeda in the Shul on Shabbos. He would read the Tera. It's this tradition, every Shabbos he read the Tera. There was one Shabbos, the Al-Tarebbe was away. Coincidentally, it was Bashki Sovi. His son, the Mitla Rebbe, was a young child before Ba Mitzvah yet. And when the Balkhede read the Parsha, when the Balkhede read the Torah portion of Kisavai, 
and he got to the 98 opposites of brachas, the Mitle Rebbe, the young child, fainted. The severity of these words caused him to faint. So ill did he fall, that weeks later on Yom Kippur, it was doubtful if they were going to allow him to fast. He was still sick then. When asked why this year affected you more than ever before, you've been listening to Pashki Savay for years already. <laughs> Did you all of a sudden understand more than you understood before that this all of a sudden threw you off like this? They all knew that he understood and he was able to translate the Pasuk many years before this. So he knew quite well what was being read. So they asked, why did this week, this all of a sudden, this Kriya cause you to faint? And he said, because all the years I heard my father read, as long as my father read, read, there were no curses. When my father read the Teda, I heard no curses. I only heard blessings. Many years ago, in Yechidus, by the Rebbe, private audience, a family from out of town came to Yechidus, I've told this story before. And the family only spoke English. So obviously, if they only spoke English, then obviously they would they would ask the Rebbe to talk to them in English, otherwise they would not understand the Rebbe speaking in Yiddish. So they wrote on their note... Obviously, the note was written in English and requested that I be speak in English. However, there was one question the father did not want his children to hear the Rebbe's answer. father didn't want the children to know that he asked this question. So he asked the Gabbai the secretary, to write on the note that the Rebbe should answer this in a different language, the children should not understand it. The problem was, the man only understood English, as did his children. The Rebbe went through all the questions and answered each one, and it was all in English, obviously. And when it came to this final question that the man wanted the Rebbe to answer in a different language, much to his dismay, the Rebbe spoke in English. And the father was very, very upset. And when he came out, he was going to ream out the, the secretary, why didn't you clarify, specify, that I wanted the Rebbe to say that in a different language... <laughs> So my children should not understand. But before he could say anything to the secretary, 
the children turned to him and said, Daddy, what happened? He said, where? He said, in there by the rabbi, by the rabbi. He was talking in English and we understood everything he was saying. And all of a sudden he started talking something, we had no idea what he was saying. So the man heard the Rebbe talking in English. But since the children were not to understand it, the Rebbe saw to it, let us say he scrambled, or let us say that he blacked out the children's understanding of what he was saying. <coughs> the story, I believe, is documented, is written down. And I believe it's authentic. I remember hearing it it wasn't I heard it years later I heard it at the time so we see therefore when a Rebbe speaks his words come across differently so too when the Mittler Rebbe the son of the Alter Rebbe the young child of 12 years old heard his father reading the Teichacha heard his father reading all these 98 opposite of brachas he only heard blessings he didn't hear his father saying anything that sounded derogatory several years ago not in New York and I'd rather not disclose the place since I don't want to use the name There was a couple, the Shvakenim Gedacht, was 17 years without children. No couple should ever suffer or hear know that. And they wrote to the Rebbe many times, they received blessings but it didn't come into fruition and they went through heavy duty treatments very expensive treatments she was a school teacher and he had his job and obviously with two incomes with no children but they gave a lot of charity they were very kind to our people, they were very they were just plain a super couple. But that one hurt, that one void in their life they were missing is a child. As a school teacher though, the school in which she taught was not necessarily only religious children. She had an interesting custom. Every day before they started prayer, started anything, they would say some Tehillim, Psalms, for the holiness of Israel to be protected, and for the land to be protected amongst their enemies, and for anyone that needed any other blessings. Never did she ever tell the children to pray for her. Never occurred to her. One day, one of the children 
after they said the traditional tillim were about to start, jumped up, started crying, and said, please, please say tillim for my grandmother. What happened to your grandmother? And she explained, she went into a, for a routine operation, a routine surgery, I believe, on her heart. <coughs> and for some reason fell into a coma. Unexplainable. And it's gotten to a point last night, the doctor said, it's a matter of hours, they have no way of seeing that she should be able to live. So they said to him, And the teacher, being a good-hearted person, told the girl, I'm going to come visit you and your family tonight to discuss what's going on with your grandmother. Maybe there's something I can do. And lo and behold, true to her word, the teacher showed up to the girl's house that night. Needless to say, the parents were expecting her because the the child came home and said, my teacher's coming, and they, the teacher said so. Teacher, the child was so convinced the child, the teacher would do it that God forbid the teacher wouldn't have shown up; it would have been a catastrophic. She showed up in the house, and she heard the predicament and the situation, and the exact medical prognosis, and she gave whatever blessing she could. It was the month of Ear. And she told the mother that Ear is an acronym, is a Rashatevis. Ani Hashem Reifecha. I am the God that will heal you. And said, therefore, that this is a month of healing and she will be healed. She went home and she tried to think what could she do for these people. And she recalled (coughs) many years before that the times that she traveled to New York and had the merit to stand online and to receive a dollar from the Rebbe. The tradition was when you received a dollar from the Rebbe, a special blessing, you usually wrote the date down on the dollar when you received it. And sometimes if the Rebbe said something different, then you wrote what the Rebbe said. So usually the Rebbe would say, Bracha v'hatzlacha. Because the, the, the distribution of dollars was very quick. There were hundreds, thousands of people sometimes online. Plug it in. The thousands of people going through. And for the Rebbe to stop and talk to everybody would have been quite difficult. So the Rebbe would usually give the dollar and say, Bracha v'atzlacha.
Or if the Rebbe said something different, then the person, like I said, would mark it down. The woman searched through her closet. I have here, right here, a plug, my feet. So you don't have to go. And. Hmm? Okay. And she found a dollar that was given in the month of year. She took this dollar and she took a picture of the Rebbe. And she brought it the next day to school and told the child, Take, give this to your mother. Tell her it's a special dollar from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And she should put this dollar under the pillow of the grandmother. And then she said something which she regretted as soon as the words came out, but she couldn't take them back. Yeah. It's now the second or third day of year. By the 21st of year, she'll be fine. And she thought to herself, how could I dare say that? What was I thinking? How could I utter such words? But, she said it. And the mother came and put the dollar under the grandmother's head. And whispered in her ear, it's a dollar from the Rebbe. The family was around the bed the next morning because the doctor said that it's almost over. The family was all surrounding the bed when suddenly she opened her eyes. She opened her eyes and weakly muttered, Where's the money? Where's the money? They immediately reached and took the dollar from the red out from under the cushion. The doctors were mesmerized. And cough out of ear, she went home. Good to her word. Needless to say, this teacher went home and wrote to the Rebbe a letter of thanks. Yes, this is different. I don't know why people leave my things on the table like this. <laughs> And they wrote a letter of thanks. It happened two weeks ago, No. Happened Friday. Thursday, Friday. And the, um, she put a letter of thanks into the letter of the book of letters of the Rebbe. It was the book number 18, page 377. So it could be checked. Those are keeping score at home. And the Rebbe wrote how the treatment will be successful and a healthy pregnancy. Now, this effect, this bothered her very much because she said they already had decided they weren't going to use any more treatments, go for any more treatments because it was too trying and painful and expensive. 
But if the Rebbe says so, they went they found a very big specialist. In spite of the fact, in spite of the, the uh, records that she had, said he wants to try one more treatment. And he tried the treatment once and tried it twice and thrice. And finally the doctor called him in and said, don't bother anymore. Don't waste your time or your money. It's not possible. Once again, she wrote to the Rebbe. We got an answer in the book number 10, Chelek Yud, page 88, where the Rebbe thanks the woman for the good news of the birth of her child, the birth of her son, the birth of her son, especially after all the miracles that took place. That night, the doctor called up and said that according to all the tests, everything showed negative, and therefore I had no doubt that the one or two tests that were remaining in the lab still would be the same. But I just got back the last two tests. Somehow, miraculously, you have given you have been given a gift. And nine months later, little Menachem Mendel was born. As they named him Menachem Mendel for the bracha that the Rebbe had given. So we see that especially on a date like Chai El, a date without the Rebbe and the Bashemta's birthdays, should come out on a day that we lay in the Pasha of Kisavai, the Teichacha, should read the Pasha, which has 98 seemingly curses, or rather opposite of blessings. There's no plastic cup. Because the words of Sadiqim, Sadiqim Chayam Vekayam Lad, they always go on, they continuously go on, and therefore the blessing of the Tzaddik is what brought through the fruition of this tremendous miracle. So one of the curses refers to becoming insane. Insanity is never a curse. A person that never loses focus, functionality of their mind is a curse. Send it to There was one such Jew that the town that he lived in he decided that the head of the military was Elio Anavi and the governor was Mashiach. And if he decided it was one thing he would go around telling this to everyone. Everyone should know that he's Elio Anavi and he's Mashiach and it, the family never was suffering from this. Neither the embarrassment, but 
this poor person was going off the was, was so deep off the deep end. So they went to the Simcha Bunim of Shish. And they told the Simcha Bunim what's going on. And the Simcha Bunim asked him, Tell me, my friend, I understand you know who Eliyahu and Avi and who Mashiach is. And he said, Yes. Doesn't the Rebbe know that the head of the military and the governor? In my town. So the Rebbe asked him, Who am I? He says, You're the Rebbe. So can I ask you another question? He says, Sure. As the Rebbe, do you think I don't know this? That I don't know who El Yohanavi is and who Mashiach is? So of course the Rebbe does. But he doesn't tell anybody. Ah. It has to remain that way. It's a secret. You don't have to tell anybody. Just like I don't tell anybody, you shouldn't tell anybody. And the man returned home. And because the Rebbe told him to keep the secret between him and the Rebbe, he decided to keep the secret as such. And ultimately, because that secret dissipated, because that idea, that thought went out of his mind, so did all the other Mishigas, and ultimately, after months and months and years, the fellow was healed and returned to sanity. But the beginning of the Pasha talks about the when you come to the land, you will inherit it, you will settle in it, then you should bring the first fruits to the Beit Samidash. The first fruits being referred to as Bikurim. Rashi explains what does it mean? Rashi explains Magid has come to teach us. I don't know if you notice you have a very loud voice. You stand and scream in the kitchen. It kills my recording. Rashi tells us that from here we learn that the people were not chayiv to bring Bikurim until the land was conquered and divided. Even if there were individuals that already had settled their places, still in all the mitzvah there was no chayiv of Bikurim until the entire land was divided up. Technically, it makes no sense. What is Bikurim? Bikurim is coming to praise God, to thank God that they were brought into Eretz Yisrael. 
And they are now having pleasure from the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. So if these people settled already, and these people already had their land, and these people already had their fruits, why wait for everyone else to have to bring theirs in order for them to be able to praise God and thank God for their goodness? Also, what is Bikurim? Bikurim are the first fruits. As we know that the Jews are referred to as Kerem Hashem. But how does Bikurim affect our service to God? And yet another question. When the Pasha begins, Vahaya Kisavaya Loretz, Vahaya, as we explained once, the Lashon of Simcha, happiness. We also know, it's brought down, Ein Vahaya Elamiyad. Vahaya means when it will come to pass, it means immediately. So many have asked that we know that the Bikurim, as we just said, <coughs> is only after Vyarashta Vyashafta, after sitting and settling in the land, after everything is divided up and everybody inherits, not immediately when they come into the land. In that case, what is the Vahaya immediately? We said before that Bikurim was brought to praise God for the fact that we now came into the Holy Land. And we had fruits, and we had pleasure from the fruits. So why therefore... <coughs> Could each individual not on his own bring his Bikurim and not have to, wa- not have to wait for everyone else? <coughs> the answer is a very simple one. Kol Yisrael, Kol Yisrael, Heim All Jews are bound one to the other. And as long as one single solitary Jew whoever he is, cannot have pleasure and cannot be happy. That's not going to work. It's a three prong. Plug it in there. One either reach. As long as one single solitary Jew is not able to join then the Jewish nation as an entity 
cannot, no one person can do what they can, nobody else is doing. And therefore, since the Bikurim is praising God, the happiness and the joy of the oneness and the completion of the society of the world, of the land, and the Bikurim themselves were brought in a time of Simcha, of happiness, therefore it's impossible to bring Bikurim until the land is divided up. If one solitary Jew has not achieved then it lacks by each and every Jew happiness and wholeness of all the other Jews. It only, only, can only be plugged in over here. Now the kitchen, she does it here. So. Move down your contraption. So no, we're here. What is the merit? What is the reward? Unplug the bottom one. Since we said before that the nation is called Kerem Hashem, the garden of God, and in the trees of a Kerem, there are three things. There are the roots, the branches and the fruits. Roots represent our forefathers. Branches are the heads of the nation, and the fruits are the youth. Just like the fruits of the vineyard are what comes out from the trees, where the trees grow up, bring up, raise up. And this is how we say, The Almighty invites us into His garden and sees fruit that have grown, fruits that are now ripening. A child, a boy or a girl that have now entered into the age of mitzvahs. Or a fellow Jew that now has become known to him, the learning of Teda Mitzvah, that until this time, unfortunately, was deprived of this. The Almighty says, bring these fruits to me. Educate them. Train them in Teda Mitzvah. But not enough. Not enough to only start to educate them and let them run on their own. But education means that they should know enough to be able to teach. 
And we know the fact is a maschel the mitzvah aimed like more. Someone who starts a mitzvah, he's told he must finish it. Until the fruits are ready to come to the Beis HaMikdash. Which means to say that when you educate, we have to educate until the person is complete. This service is so great that the blessing that we make afterwards when we bring the Bikurim is Havaz Bikurim Ayayim, the bringing of today's Bikurim, Tishnen and Nishana Abba should be done again for next year. What is the reward of bringing Bikurim that I will live to the next year to do it again? This therefore shows us the greatness of this service. If a person merits to bring fruits, to bring a child into the house of God, then this merit repeats itself year after year. And then he merits to bring in closer, other Jews closer, until he brings them to the actual Beis Hamidosh. Until we can actually merit by bringing the entire Jewish nation together and they will actually bring Bikurim, fruits, to the Beis Hamikdash in our days. The fact that I'll, we said before that Bikurim need to be done only when the Jews are settled in the land. We can see this in two ways. Firstly, we're talking about after they settled, which was 14 years. It took the Jews 14 years to conquer and settle in the Holy Land. Secondly, each and every Jew immediately, as soon as he conquered, he was mechuyim in this mitzvah. According to this, we could say perhaps that the sifri goes according to the second opinion. That as soon as they conquered, they were mechuyim, they had an obligation to do the mitzvah bikurim. Miyad. When he says, Ein v'hoya ele miyad, what did the Sifri mean by that? He goes according to the second opinion, not after the first opinion that says 14 years, only after only after they settle in the land, then they have to do it. But rather, as soon as they own their own land, they have to archive and bikurim. Let us say that that's the opinion of the Sifri. And therefore the Sifri says, let us, based on that, we still can understand this. Because when it says the obligation of Bikurim is only after Sheva Shekivshu, because only then did a person, an individual, have a chedek in the land. So in that case, well, how could it mean Miyad? The person, these people did not have a part in the land yet, they could not do it. So therefore, the miyad no longer happened, no longer took place with them. 
So the explanation is simple. Ein v'hoyalamiyad means that yeah, v'hoyim kisavayalaretz means immediately the obligation and mitzvah of bikurim begins. And the Sifri says that the obligation of Bikurim when they settle, when they inherit the land is not like all other mitzvahs that need to be done in Etzisol that are pending in Etzisol which means that only after the Jews inherit but rather the actual obligation of Bikurim is immediately when the Jews enter the land, they have an obligation of Bikurim. They have a chiv of Bikurim. However, there is a stipulation. It's not shot that you don't have the chiv. Not that it means you don't have a chiv until you're settled. <coughs> but rather, it's a catch that although you have already the obligation you're not you're not going to have to do it until everybody's settled because the person cannot give Bikurim if he doesn't have a field if it's not his field if it's not in his jurisdiction when did this Chi of Mitzvah therefore come about? Immediately when they entered the land. And that's what it means. Immediately when they entered the land, they had a kill. They had the obligation. But the mitzvah itself could not be carried out until the entire nation is doing it. Many years ago, we know, of course, Jews found themselves throughout the world, dispersed throughout the world. <coughs> One very, very large Jewish population was found in Turkey. The Sultan had a high tolerance level for the Jews. We won't say he had any great love. was a Yid, a Jew, named of Shlomo, and he was a popular guy, he was the Baltikea in Shulon Shoshana, he blew the Shefer, he davened for the Yomid, he was the Chazan, He had his perks. He had his uh, moments of glory, shall we say. However, his insides wanted more. This was never enough for him. It didn't suffice for him. And unfortunately he started to find soles amongst the Arabs. He'd go hang out with a group of Arabs, he would tell a joke, two or three, 
he got everybody laughing and everybody patting him on the back. And this did wonders for his ego. Anyway, the more he did this, the more he saw how much more exciting it is amongst the Arabs, and how much more popular, and how much how much higher on the ladder he's getting. Ba'ayim, a very wealthy Arab, was having a very big party. He's throwing a big party, and he. Petitioned this Jew, he signed up this Jew to come entertained by the party. Now, entertainment entailed several things. He was a musician, so obviously, the music was the first priority. He was a comic. And therefore, he kept the people entertained with that. And this was his talent. This was his whole glory. So he came to this very wealthy fellow's party. He sang, danced, and met the people. And it was a big hit. He got paid very well, but even more than the money, he was put on a pedestal. He was glorified. He was, people were just raving. Word of mouth, this job got him another and a third and a fourth job. And as the jobs progressed, the more it got to his head. Until the ultimate job, he was hired by the Sultan. The Sultan had an affair, an event, and he heard about this slomo, and he hired him to to come participate, to come entertain. Shlomo prepared himself better than ever before. He found a new line of jokes, stories, And he, he practiced his music and he gave it all he had. He was compensated at the end of the evening. And of course, his compliments were flowing because he outdid himself. And the next day, it went one step further. The next day, A messenger arrived from the Sultan with a thank you note praising him again with a bag of gold coins rewarding him once again. (coughs) And the letter said that the Sultan is very impressed to see that Muhammad blessed his fellow with tremendous talents. And injected throughout the letter how it's all from Rahman al-Tzlan, Muhammad. And he invited him to come join in the palace. 
And even more so, if he'll join and he'll convert to their religion, how much more popular he would be. The COVID was too much for him. He could not say no to it. The money was amazing, and even on top of the money was the glory of being the king's personal entertainer. The next day he traveled to the king, to the sultan, and he agreed, Rechman al-Islam, to convert and to become this high post. Time went by, and as history repeats itself throughout the years, our generations, one day he came to a party, and the spirits were flying, the people were drunk, and the people were excited, and his jokes were going well, and he decided, so all of a sudden someone said, hey, you know what today is? Today in this Jewish holiday is the second day of Rosh Hashanah. He heard this and he says, Ooh, Rosh Hashanah, I gotta gotta show you something. And he went to his bag of tricks and he produced a shafer. And they asked him, what's this? And he said, it's a shafer. What's a shafer? This is what they use on Rosh Hashanah in their shul. During their prayers, can you imagine? Everybody started laughing (coughs) at this ram's horn. Let me show you how it works. And he lifted it to his lips and he gave a blast. He blew a tkia until he was turning blue in the face. This was amazing. The entertainment was fascinating. The people were just raving over it. He caught his breath and he started to mock again and talk again. And then he said, and there's another sound that they make. <coughs> that was called tekiah, which was funny to the Goyim. The next one's called shvarim, which again got aroused and laugh out of everybody. And again he said something comical about it. And he lifted the shafer to his lips and blew a shivarim, the three short blasts. And again got a round of applause. They were amazed. And then finally he told them, <coughs> You ain't heard nothing yet. You think the tkia was funny, and the shivarim was funny. Wait till you hear the teruah. The truth is a comic of a scene of its own. And he lifted the shafer to his lips to blow the truah, the short blasts, which are a minimum of nine blasts, which are shorter than the shvarim, the shvarim being two, 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 and the truah is two, 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 two. And he's lifted it up to his lips, which he had done so many thousands of times, because as we said before, he was the Baltakeya in the shul. And as he tried to get a trua out, and there was no trua going. 
the Shefer closed itself. And the people said, come on, let's hear the Truah. And he was uh, trying, and he tried this way, he tried that way, he bent it, he turned his, uh, he stood upside down, whatever he tried to do, the Truah wasn't coming out. And finally the people started laughing, started making fun of him, started throwing things at him, calling him a stupid Jew. As history repeated itself, no matter he converted, no matter how friendly, no matter how much everybody loved him, so when push comes to shove, he was a stupid Jew. Shleimer Salaman picked himself up and ran with bushes, ran with embarrassment from the shul, from the place, and he ran and ran and ran until he ended up in a shul. As he entered the shul, they were still davening. He immediately grabbed the talus and ran into a corner and started to cry. And he cried and cried and cried until everybody left shul. And as they left shul, he went over to the rav. And he told the rav what happened. How they gave him the money and they gave him the covet and they and he converted the Rahman al-Zan and he changed his name to Salaman and everything that happened. And finally, the last part of the story where he blew the shafer and he said that Kiyah was no problem. The Shvarim was no problem, but the Truah I could not blow. Why? What stopped my Truah? And the Rav explained, Tekiya is from Avram Avinu, our father Abraham. However, our father Abraham, unfortunately, besides having Yitzchak, had Yishmael. And therefore, the impurity was allowed to come in that you were affecting it with. Yitzchak is the Shvarim. But again, Yitzchak had Esav. And therefore again, there was an impurity that allowed your blowing to happen. Yaakov Avinu had mitosei shalema. Yaakov Avinu had all his children, what tzaddikim, righteous. And therefore the trua belongs to him. And therefore when your impurity try to blow his blast, it doesn't work. At this point, the man saw how Tehidah is Tehidah and how he has to do tshuva and repent for all that he had done. One quick last story. When the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was in the Ohel together, there's two Kvarim, two Tzavis. So that when the previous Rebbe went to Israel in 1929, he traveled through Alexandria, Egypt. As he arrived in Alexandria, in a wagon, the wagon door was flung open by somebody, and this chassid stood there with a basket full of fruit, and he gave it to the Fidik Rebbe. Fidik Rebbe was amazed, what are you doing here? And he explained, many, many years ago, I was a little boy, and my father used to travel to the Rebbe Marash, the Fidik Rebbe's grandfather. My grandfather, actually. 
My grandfather used to travel to Reb Marash. And my grandfather once took me with him. And he used to bring a basket of fruit to the Reb Marash as a form of Bikurim. And I accompanied him on that trip. And you, he says to the Rebbe, was there as well. You, the same age as me. And as my father put down the fruit by the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Marash turned to my, my grandfather, the Rebbe Marash turned to my grandfather and blessed him, or blessed me. And he said, your grandson should bring fruit to my grandson. So when I heard that you were coming through the land, I knew that I would now be able to fulfill the blessing that your grandfather had given. So we see the words of the tzaddikim, as we said, the tzaddikim, chayam v'chayam lad, and the schus of chayel, of the birth date of the two great tzaddikim, meiris agdelim, the Bashem, the Alter Rebbe, we should merit to the Geula Amitis Vashtema that all words of the Pasha should be words of blessing and we should all be blessed with everything that we need Zara, Chaya, Vekayama and Revicha, Kula Revicha and obviously as it's time already in the Chedeshel to say Kasiva Vachasima Teva Shana Teva Masuka Bilina the next week's year we will try to give a brief rundown the next week and the week after of the Hilkas Rosh Hashanah and Minhagim, etc. the week after the Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> but we'll hopefully squeeze everything in next week. And anyone that has any questions, you're welcome to email and we will try to clarify anything that you have as far as customs are concerned. I hope people make proper resolutions for, the Rosh, for Rosh Hashanah. I would be very, very happy to hear that the resolution was taken on to light Shabbos candles. But I don't know if I'm going to merit that yet. But hopefully it will be as such. And when it will be as such, I hope they'll give the tzedakah they were given. Ksiva, Ksimateva, Shanateva, Masuka, Shabbat, Shalom to all. Am I getting a text? Thanks, go ahead. You can call. Oh, girls? Oh, yeah. Not yet. Yeah. 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 Are you going to share life from Geneva? Huh? You do the share life from Geneva? Um, no, I'm back here. Where did you get that round thing? That thing? That you were sitting in? Or it's just a That's in the hall. Oh, that was in the hall. Yeah. That's downstairs in the hall. So cute. So, pumpkin. I hope this is baloney news. Somebody sent me this link. Mayor Mike freaked out when he found out that um, paramedics give um, the sugar to diabetics. It's all the way. It's all the way. The IV. Huh? It's all the way. 
That's your family? Yeah, my brother. Oh, he just said. What did I just say? He gives diabetics. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Why you There's only one sister left to get married. So, her and her. So, who her? Oh, she's tiny. She's nine, yeah. She's he was shocked and disgusted when he learned that paramedics were giving sugar via IV to diabetic patients. Yeah, what did, when did he find out that people are serving 20, 20 ounce drinks? These patients are often obese and unhealthy as Giving them high doses of sugar is insane, Bloomberg yeah, yeah, said during the press conference. Uh, this morning, so the number of calories in the IV sugar is astounding. There's no nutritious value at all. Besides, everyone knows the absolute last thing a diabetic needs is more sugar.